I had a horrible nightmare last night. <laughs> Do you ever have one of those where you, you, you have the nightmare, you wake up, and you're like, no. And then you fall back asleep, and you have the same one over and over. Let me just tell you about it. So in this nightmare, I kept trying to kick a football, and it kept getting blocked. So I'm a little off today. <laughs> this gospel is, is a really big deal. I mean, it's the gospel, so it's a big deal. But this is a really, really big deal, what Jesus does. And it's important to understand if we, if we don't. But it's important to understand uh, why this is. Remember that for hundreds and hundreds of years, the God's chosen people, the Jews, had been awaiting the Messiah waiting and waiting. You know, they've, they've had the prophets and they keep rereading the prophets saying the Messiah is coming, etc. They're waiting and they're waiting and they're waiting. And it's one of those things you can imagine, just people being people, that after hundreds of years, some people probably hear about the Messiah coming and, and they say, yeah, well, sure, maybe. I mean, we've been reading that scripture for so long and it's not that they're atheistic or they, they've given up on the Lord, but, you know, they've heard the story so many times, right, that they sort of grow, you, you kind of grow callous to the idea that it's actually going to happen. I'm sure that was operative for the people at that, in Jesus' time. There, there also may have been people who had just completely lost hope, maybe treated the, the scriptures as a sort of fable, you know, I mean, they still believed in God, but that Messiah thing, yeah, forget about it. And then, of course, there are probably those who really continued to have faith and continued to believe, well, no, if God said this, then he will do it. I don't know how he'll do it. I don't know when he'll do it. But he'll do it in his own time. So what happens before this scene in the synagogue, right, Jesus of course, had returned to his hometown. But remember, just immediately prior, there was the wedding at Cana. And prior to that, there was the, the miracle at Jesus' baptism with the voice of the Lord and, and the, the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And back then, people didn't communicate <laughs> through text and phone call. We know this, right? There, there was no immediacy. So there was a lot of probably gossip. People just really talked. It was like a whole culture of sixth grade girls chatting and chatting and gossiping, you know. And because that was the means of communication, word would spread very quickly. But that would be, you know, even more so than, well, I don't know if more so than today, but, but certainly the, the personal exchange of information. So word would spread about the baptism about the wedding, and word would have spread, as we even hear, about Jesus going around the region teaching. And so he comes back home. And you just kind of imagine how that would have been. The people in his hometown who, you know, he grew up with them. He probably worked on their homes. He was a carpenter. They, they you know, they've seen him grow for, for 30 years. He had left, and they had heard about all of these things. The hometown boy is now coming home. There's great anticipation. There's great excitement. You know, just what's he going to say? 
We've heard these stories. So he's given a scroll from Isaiah. And then he chooses the passage from Isaiah. And the passage he chooses is when Isaiah is prophesying to God's people who are enslaved in Babylon. Right? They're enslaved and he's prophesying to them that God is going to set them free. This is the section that Jesus chooses. But Isaiah also is a foreshadowing or a predictor of the Messiah. So on one hand, Isaiah is prophesying to Israel who is captive at the time. But also Isaiah is clearly, and we've always believed this, the Jews believe this as well. Isaiah is prophesying about the Messiah to come. So what Jesus picks is very specific, obviously. He's choosing a scripture passage that speaks of the coming Messiah who will set all of God's people free. And so he stands up, he reads it, and then in the, in the Near East, he sits down to teach because that's the posture of teaching, sitting down in the chair to teach. So he sits down and he says, today, today, all that you've been waiting for, all that you've been longing for, all of the expectation, all of the doubt, today, this scripture passage is fulfilled, today. And they know what he's saying. Everyone knows exactly what he's saying. He's saying, I am the Messiah. Now, next week, we're going to hear about their reaction. So I won't get into that. But he's saying, I am the Messiah. I am the one you have been waiting for. I am declaring a year acceptable to the Lord, a jubilee year, where captives are set free where debts are forgiven, where people are healed in relationship with God. And that is what I have come for. I know that the disposition of the people hearing him is probably not unlike the disposition that many of us might have. There are many of us who have heard the words over and over and over about what Jesus can do for us, about what he wants to do for us. And and some people cry out and they say, well, when? When, Lord? When is it going to happen? Because it's kind of drying up for me. It's been long. Where are you? There's other people who have just given up. Right? They, they, they treat the, the Lord like, like a sort of fable, a sort of fairy tale, just another cultural uh, response to a desire for the transcendent that is basically not real. Then, of course, there are others who are faithful, and they believe that God is working and is active. Each one of us has to make a choice. What kind of person will we be? Will we be a person who who merely judges God by his action or his inaction, as opposed to looking at ourselves and our own fidelity? Are we a person who's just going to give up? 
and just essentially says, there's nothing beyond us, so I give up all hope? Or are we a person who's going to say, God has spoken. I don't understand him. I don't know when he's going to arrive and why he doesn't arrive more frequently, especially in my life. I don't know why he doesn't heal more. I don't, I don't understand it, but I believe. I choose to believe. Because if there's anyone that I can trust in this life, and there's not many, but if there's anyone I can trust to the end of my days, it's God himself who has spoken. And I choose to believe. I choose to wait. I choose to be patient. I choose to have fortitude through the difficulties. I choose God because God has chosen me first and I will remain faithful. Please stand.